are listening to the Padres Prospectus Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Pond, and with me today is not Chad Hamner. It is Ryan Luz. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Uh, excited to talk with some Padres. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the site. We're, uh, it's been me and Travis and Chad and a couple other people uh, you know, in the last couple of months, but uh, we added uh, you this week and... Uh, Sammy this week, and so it's been a good week for for us, good week for growth, and it's been a good week to be a Padre fan. So um, I guess before we get into it, anything uh, anything going on, anything we want to talk about? Well, not in particular. You know, just been following along. We're both teachers, so the summertime gives you a lot of time to really dive deep on Padre stuff, and so it's been good just having some time following box scores and checking in on minor leaguers, so it's it's a good time to talk Padres. Yeah, the uh, missions were rained out tonight, uh, and they're in my neck of the woods right now. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty dark, pretty gloomy in uh, in Texas. Uh, it got so rainy that uh, you know it got even it even got down to the mid eighties. Oof! So uh, <laughs> it's been in tri- been triple digits for the last couple of days, but uh, cooled down a little bit. So that's that's nice for for all involved. So. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, well, uh, let's get into it. The, uh, the Padres played this afternoon. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, no, we don't need to get that. We, we first we got we to get into some uh, some old news because we've been off the podcast for a little bit. Uh, last time we, me and Chad, podcast was before the trade deadline, and uh, so even though it's old news for you, we still we have very important takes, sure, and you need to know what they are. So, uh, trade deadline. Uh, with the with the trade that happened, uh, what do you what do you think, Ryan? What was uh, what's your opinion? I mean, it's a it's it's kind of the trend that you see from Preller, which actually I like, which is taking risks. Like he's taking these known MLB talents um, and trading them for kind of risky, high upside, low minor guys. It seems like Ruiz is the the key figure in the deal, which is. You know, interesting. You, you don't see too often these lower minor league guys that, um, gosh, I want to say he wasn't even in the Royals' top 30, um, but they identified him and went after him. So, you know, he likes, Preller seems to really like those big, loud tools, and he seems to have them. So I like that. And Strom, you know, he's an arm. He's high prospect last year, left-handed. Give him a shot in the rotation, see if he sticks. And, uh would who knows maybe maybe by this time next year would be a trade can, trade candidate but uh you know it's it's not a, a huge deal but it kind of follows the trend for Preller and I like that they're getting this young upside yeah it's not really uh you know it's not the high profile like you know maybe we're talking we'll, we'll get into what didn't happen next sure. uh <laughs> but uh yeah I think you know if if you, you look at Wood and you don't really see uh you know uh, someone that you could flip, maybe, but uh, I thought the same thing with Trevor Kale. Yeah, and they were able, able to get something for him, and uh, it's kind of the same thing with Drew Pomeranz. And I don't know that we'll luck out that well uh, with Travis Wood, but we'll see how it does. And at the very least, um, he's shown that he can eat some innings. Yeah, because uh, you do need someone. So yeah, I, I don't really have a, have, a, have too much of a problem with that. It wasn't like we gave up a a whole lot. Um, sure. I didn't really think I didn't think that they'd all be dealt in the same trade. Um, so that was kind of surprising to see, but. You know, I guess you got to maximize the deal, and they must really like Ruiz, uh, who's, uh, you know, by all accounts, it was. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if you saw the Periscope that they did with uh, AJ Preller no, the day it. of the trade. Yeah. 
but um there he was kind of talking about it and uh you know like the obligatory like oh you know these guys are we'll miss them and they're big parts of the trade and then he kind of talked about the guys they were getting and he's and you could tell that he saved like Ruiz for last and yeah you know he could, he's kind of just like all right well this guy this is what he's like and kind of talked about you know he's like a power speed option and so uh that's uh that's exciting i think if you're you know if you you know i, I thought the same thing when they got uh tatis right which i think everybody i think everybody compares Ruiz to tatis which um, i don't know that they're similar players or that they have similar ceilings but i think the, like, like you said the process is similar right they're going after those guys that haven't been identified yet and so you know either you trust Preller or you don't and i think so far he's given us uh, probably some reason to doubt him uh but he has had a lot of, a lot of success with, with identifying the, the international talent so yeah i'm uh i'm team Preller. i'm all for it yeah ditto and you know i pulled up some of his numbers and so Ruiz, you know, it doesn't have much track record right now, right? 360 minor league plate appearance, but the the line's good. He's hitting 330, 383 on base percentage, 556 slugging. I mean, that's, you know, the power's there, which is interesting from a younger second baseman. It's not a place where you'd expect it. So, you know, we'll see. Like like you said, high upside, high risk, and uh, hopefully it works out. Yeah. Uh, so on to the move that did not happen. I think everybody kind of... It was a foregone conclusion for at least like a couple of weeks ago that, oh, yeah, Brad Han will be traded um, and maybe, you know, Julius Chassin, maybe some other bullpen rotation, you know, kind of minimal value guys, um, maybe even Jan Herfus Solarte, which they kind of rushed back up, uh, you know, from AAA, his rehab just in time for the trade deadline. But uh, nothing really happened there, as as everyone is obviously well aware of now. Um, so uh, I think I think we were talking talk about that a little bit before we hit record. I think we're both pretty okay with that. Uh, from a you know, obviously we don't know what was what was on the table, but it sounds like it wasn't. Um, I think well, I think obviously the Padres are saying, oh, well, we value him more than everybody else did, which they've said about lots of different things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you didn't jump off a cliff when when he wasn't traded. How, how do you, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think I was more than most just kind of fine with it from the start I mean you know once it was announced I definitely I think like you would have thought he was going to go and probably rather would have had him go because uh, it's risky to keep him but ultimately you look at it he's 27 two more years of team control um, probably the thing that limited his value more than anything else is that his track record's still relatively short even though he's been really good for what a year and a half now um, it's mm. still relatively short he's not like a big known commodity um, they're prepared, you know comparing him to saying like an Andrew Miller type deal, but he wasn't the same name. You know, there was just more uh, cachet, I guess, with with someone like Andrew Miller. So, you know, I think ideally what happens is he plays out the rest of this year, looking great, putting up really great numbers, and they deal him in the off season, or um, you go into next year with him and he continues to dominate. And I think there's no reason to believe that if he puts up another year of really good numbers like he's putting up, that his value won't be uh, even higher next year. So I didn't mind it. I yeah. think it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, it's always the risk of, you know, you know, have with Tyson Ross where he got injured and we got nothing for him. And, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, th- there's, always, there's, there's always that risk. But I think that, uh, and I mean, it seems like with the reliever, you those kind of have, seems like they have peak value at the trade deadline because in the offseason, sure. everyone's in it. They all, they they think that they're going to be okay. I'm not sure. I, I I agree with you. His track record was the thing that was kind of holding him back, and I don't know that having 
an extra two months of a track record it's gonna you know yeah yeah push him over the top so uh hopefully yeah hopefully next trade deadline he keeps on uh, dominating and uh we can get something good in return for him um and then I think I think the rest of the guys we we, we kind of saw Solarte. Um, I think if you're trading Solarte right now, you're probably trading low. I yeah. think that uh, I think you know between the injury and also his track record, it's not bad. But I mean, he's I I don't think that we've seen the best Solarte yet. Or if we have, I don't think he's going to be a much worse next year if yeah. we, if that's what you want to do with him. I personally love him, so I don't mind keeping him around. Um, it's not like we have anybody else. Actually, no, that's not true. The, the Padres do have lots of guys in the infield that they could, you yeah. know, lots of at, options. At second and third, they do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he's a shortstop now, man. I that's, don't know what you're talking about. That was something. <laughs> that was something. Luckily, they, they were, uh, I don't know if you, you caught the game where you played last night, but uh, they were, Eric Carros kept talking him up, you know, because he was making a few plays, but I, I don't think he moved more than uh, three steps right or left for each of the plays. But, you know, he's solid. <laughs> he's, he's a guy I like, too. He's a good He's a fun guy. He seems to be loving his life playing baseball, so it's fine if he's here. And like you said, he probably has more value later, if if ever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, Ch- Chessine was the one that I was hoping that they would trade, um, just because even if it's not for much, you know, I would take any sort of low level prospect to get for him. Um, I think Richard. I, I think his value would be would be even less, and I'd rather just keep him just because. Um, he can sometimes eat innings. Other times he yeah. gets eaten alive by <laughs> by batters. But sometimes mm-hmm. he, he can go deep in a game. That, that That's helpful for where we're at. And um, I think Kirby Yates was the one. I wrote a piece on him, and I think, uh, you know, kind of looked at some possible returns for him. But I think really, um, kind of like with Brad Hand, I don't, I don't think that you would have gotten a whole lot for Brad Hand last year. Um, yeah. And I think that with Kirby Yates, I, you know, obviously he does have a good – he's having a great year, but 30 innings, you know, I don't know that people are going to – you know, get, put a lot of put too much stock into that small sample size. Although, to be honest, I mean, I think you're going to see some of these teams that are going to have a hard time. That's like really like if you if you were more interested in Zach Britton than Brad Hand, I don't understand that because why would you pay for past performance? You want to win now. Like I don't know yep. that. Yep. <laughs> it's not, and it's not like Britton has playoff yep. experience because he didn't play, he didn't play that game. So right, uh, yeah, yeah. So but it's, that in, uh, it's that I, interesting I meant, thing. Yeah, I mentioned on Twitter that uh, I'll probably be rooting for, um, you know, some. I'll be hate watching the playoffs, rooting for a, a bullpen and implosion by some right. team like. Well, I'll be rooting against the Dodgers regardless. But I mean, they upgraded their bullpen with Tony Watson and Tony Singriani, and uh, I don't. If if bullpens it's a problem for them, I don't think that's a, a much of a solution. So, anyways, I also yeah. just hate the Dodgers. So that that, that won't, I won't. <laughs> won't be too hard to root against him anyways but <laughs> yep, play other absolutely. teams that could have had brad hand and all we were asking for was a really good prospect and mm-hmm. they didn't think it was important so we'll see how it goes yeah we will see um, I, but to your point you know zach Britton having uh more value it's just a it, there's something about just kind of the the cachet of certain names or the places they play it seems it's it can be confusing if you just look at the numbers brad hand's been just phenomenal so who knows yeah yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch him. I'm I'm probably a, a bad Twitter Padre fan for saying that I wouldn't mind having a break from all the hand puns. Um, yes, they, please. They're great for a while, but <laughs> I think I'm I think I've reached my uh, my my breaking point, especially with the addition of Travis Wood to the team. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll... it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I also teach first grade, so you know my. Uh, 
my tolerance for for the that kind of humor is very low, very yes. low. Like understandable. I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> anyways, uh, moving on to the uh, to the actual team. Uh, we just kind of just a few quick hits. Um, there's been a kind of some some progress we've uh, seen from some of the some some of the core pieces. I don't really we don't need to go too much into like you know Jabari Blash's uh, you know output since he's been back or. Um, I'll call, actually Carl Swy actually has been doing all right. Uh, his BABIP has been pretty pretty high, and um, I have I wasn't really high on him at the start of the season, but he's he's been a little better than I thought. So, um, but kind of focusing more on the uh, the core pieces of who the Potters are trying to build around. Um, Manuel Margot has been having a pretty good pretty good little stretch recently, hitting some home runs, uh, playing some pretty good defense. Um, it's pretty easy to see him you know i don't know if he's a guy that you build around necessarily but he's, a, he's he could be a pretty good little cornerstone uh the outfield of defense um i think probably we mentioned probably the the issue with him is just getting on base more um because yeah. him and pretty much all the padres uh have a pretty hard time grabbing walks and if you want to have Margot as like your Table setter, top of the order guy. You're gonna need to have him getting on base a little more than he's doing. What, what do you think about about that? Yeah, agreed completely. I mean, I was looking, you know, at all the the young kind of the core that you're talking about, and I think Margot is the. It's really easy to see, kind of imagine him patrolling center field at Peco for, you know, at least five more years, maybe more. Just kind of being like you said, a cornerstone piece. <clears throat> Um, but that walk rate right now for him is 5.4%. And it's just crazy looking at all the young Padres, how so many of them, their walk rates are right around 5%, which is bad. It's just not, it's not good. And it's not that, um, not that you need to all have the whole lineup have high walk rates, but when you got, you know, three or four key pieces that are never drawn walks, it's, uh, you'd like to see a little bit more on base skills and just, you know, seeing more pitches and you know making uh the pitchers really work a little bit harder like you just think there'd be somebody <laughs> like right um, not all of yeah. them are but one of them is doing all right but they all are they all are, are i think um and i think i think we had it for our last i don't know if you mentioned last podcast or not but i think will myers leads most of the team the active team at least like now that chimps down in the minors i think he leads the team in a walk rate or he's pretty high up there yeah, and that's a problem because Will Myers does not walk that much. Exactly. I mean, he's, yeah. So. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, at the same time, they're still rookies, and Margot actually is young. Yes. Um, you know, Renfro is a little bit older, so and we he kind of has that track record of not really walking a whole lot. So, yep. um, you know, probably a little more concern there uh, with with him. Um, before we get in, though, I mean, Corey Spangenberg, he's one that I'd kind of. He's just been injured so much that I kind of I do this thing where I guess maybe just to cope with loss, but I just forget about them when it happens. Yeah. So like, I feel like, like when they mentioned like, oh, uh, uh, Anderson Espinosa is having Tommy John, I was like, oh yeah, he's on our, he's he's a Padre, huh? <laughs> yeah. Because in my head I was like, oh yeah, he hasn't pitched forever, so I had already kind of just forgotten about him. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, oh yeah, Corey Spanchberg, he's actually been playing really well, um, especially since. They sent Ryan Schimpf down, um, and he kind of got like the reins of you know getting everyday playing time at third. Um, he's he's been, he's hitting two ninety eight uh, with a three sixty five OBP and a four ninety slugging, uh, seven home runs. Which uh, I didn't 
you look at Corey Spangenberg, he didn't seem like the guy that could have that. Um, I think it's only been it's been a little over two months, right? Or all, yeah, I mean, yeah, June to July, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been about two months, and he's uh, he's putting put up some good numbers. Um, he's he's a guy that I had kind of thought that we that we had to kind of moved past, but he's kind of showed himself back into the back in the conversation. That's good to see from him because um, he's also got that. Um, not that you, you know, not that you need a bunch of, you know, uh, those speed guys like sure. Jankowski or Margot, although Jankowski's out. But you know, like it's it's good to have a, kind of that spark plug on offense. And it seems like day, get, days that he has a good game, games that the Padres usually do pretty well. And so good to see some production as someone who I kind of was low on at the beginning of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like like you said, he's kind of a forgotten man and uh, stepped in and. Put up, I mean, fantastic. Like you said, since June 9th, those numbers are fantastic. Um, so it's good, and he's you know he's going to be here for a while. Um, so it's good that he's performing at the very least. A really good utility man that can kind of play a few different positions for you. Left-handed bat when you need it. So he's a valuable piece. It's it's good to see him playing well for sure. Mm. Um, and I think probably uh, just you know before we uh, before we move on uh, from the from the from the major league team, um, I was driving last night. Did you watch the game last night? Sounds like you did. I I, I did. Yeah, you did. Um, was Austin Hedges' home run as beautiful as I imagined it? It genuinely was. It was it was a smack opposite field, uh, right center to you know kind of where the old old beach used to be, and it was. I mean, it was on a night where I mean you wouldn't have seen it then, but. There was all night the balls just weren't carrying. It was dying. Out, you know, plenty of balls that looked like home runs off the bat were dying at the warning track. And he hits this ball opposite field, right center, and it cleared. I mean, you know, plenty of plenty of room to spare. It was a majestic, majestic shot. That's awesome. Like, I, like, I, and I've mentioned it. Like, I, I actually, I we had the. The, the forgotten podcast that, that is in the vault somewhere. Uh, where I, I talked with Travis, and he kind of made fun of me because he's because and he's like because I told him that I that like last year the last like week or two of the season I was so excited and I, I actually was on my couch like like giggling to myself watching Austin Hedges catch balls behind the plate because yep. you know like the, you know and and because it was just so like the way he was so good and how when I went to see the uh the Potters for the Rangers in Texas uh, I was like right I was like pretty close to home play and you could see like all these Rangers uh, hitters and even the fans were booing the umpire because he kept calling all these balls that were low or that were high and I was just like go Austin that's awesome <laughs> and so like anything that he ever does offensively is just like that much better because I already love him so much on defense yep um, I, I think I think I saw something I mean I, kind of a kind of a skewed way to look at it because I think it was um uh, one of the one of the beat guys in the Padres uh, Nathan Ruiz wrote a piece about how uh, you know all the shutouts by the Padres have been with Austin Hedges behind behind home plate, mm. which I guess kind of makes sense because he does get most of the playing time and he yeah. probably gets you know like the better pitchers. Um, but I I just think he does so much behind you know as far as game calling um, yeah. you know everything that he does I just I just love it. So I know his numbers aren't great offensively, just like everybody else. He's hardly walking. His OBP is. 257 um so he's got a ways to improve before i think more people outside of san diego who don't you know swoon when they see him mm-hmm. do what he does 
uh, before he gets kind of that cachet. Uh, but I just I love that guy, and yep. uh, and I don't care who knows it. Just, <laughs> Good, yeah, absolutely. It, my favorite thing, the, my favorite thing that Hedges does by far is when there's a guy on first. And there's an inside pitch to a, you know, what would be a, if a left-handed batter, or outside pitch to a right-handed batter. And when he reaches to his right and from his knees fires to first behind the runner, that's just my favorite mm-hmm. thing. It's so quick. He snaps it, and it's just gone. And I love it. Yeah. <sighs> Austin Hedges. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've uh, <laughs> um, yeah. actually, uh, sorry, before we go there, uh, talk, about, talk about the bullpen, I guess, since we got, um, sure. it looks like we're in the, uh, the Brad Hand uh, era of the closer, right? Yep. Um, he's he's the guy that's been getting the ball. Have they done? A, I, I don't know if you would have seen it on TV last night. Do, does he have his own closer song now? Does he have his own, you know, you intro know music? I, I didn't. I didn't catch that he did. It, I mean, it'd be wise of them, I think, to do it. <laughs> because I mean, especially he's now he's not guy. going anywhere. I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess they'd be kind of be kind of say they're like, hey guys, Brad Hand's coming, and then he got traded. But now that he's here, I mean, uh, we got to think of something. What's I don't I don't. We, this isn't on the agenda. We're going off book. We don't need to go. You know, I don't want to say anything stupid, but uh, that 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 might be a good Twitter question. Asking, yeah, uh, that's know, a, that who's is a the good one. Uh, what's what's the Brad Hand intro? I mean, it's it's hard because like I don't think I don't think uh, I, th- th- there was um someone on Twitter said like like what are your top five sports moments? And I I gave my first four you know honest opinions, and then number five I was like. Uh, basically, any time that I was at a game and Trevor Hoffman came yep. in, because it's electric. I didn't even Absolutely. know. I don't even know like what the situation was, but like when those lights went out and those bells rang, it was like, oh, like yep. even just talking about it now, I just get goosebumps. So absolutely, absolutely. So I don't think we can top that, but we we got to think of uh, if they haven't already done so, which maybe they already have. They've been doing a pretty good job with uh, you know media stuff or entertainment stuff. So I think they probably have something up their sleeves if they haven't already. But uh, maybe that'd be good to think about what kind of uh, what kind of intro song you'd want to have for yeah. For that's a good and, that's a good Twitter the Twitter poll question or to, not even a poll because I don't have any options, but definitely a good Twitter <laughs> yeah. question. Okay, uh, so so if hands your closer, uh, they've been using uh, what Yates and Maton. Yep, before been him. The, the setup man. Yep, and they've been Which solid. Is actually, I, mean, I mean, God, they've been. Yeah, great. I mean, like I think I, I probably like those better. <laughs> it's like it's kind of weird because it's like for a long time it was like oh yeah after the trade deadline the Potters will be worse they'll lose more and now right. it's like um, I actually like you know Yates or Maton to Yates to to hand way better than anything we've had the whole year because it was yeah. like giving the ball to Maurer you never really knew uh, Bookter was alright uh, you know he had, he had a solid enough season I guess but um, I guess I'm also just excited I mean Yates has been so good and uh Mayton for as young as he is, gosh, um, he looks good, huh? It's you know yeah. what I like. I mean, it's it's a. I feel like it's an old school thing to say, but his and then you hear Don and Mud talk about it a lot on the broadcast if you watch it. But his his composure, it's no joke. I mean, he's a kid coming up. He looks like a fifteen year old on the mound, but he just never like breaks character. He's just dead serious, focused, does his job, tough situations. I mean, Mayton's been phenomenal, so it's good to see. Yeah, it's, I mean, there. I, I think maybe for like for another podcast, or maybe even like an off season one. I, don't, I mean, not that we've been doing this long enough to know what we're gonna do in the next few months, but I, I, I think that when I was a kid, it was like I knew all the players for the most part, but it was always like, oh yeah, who's the bullpen guys? I don't know any, any of those guys. And now I feel like I have so many like old relievers heads mm. in my yeah. uh, like, like, like name like name in my head that I'm like. 
You know, it's like, oh yeah, whatever happened to Mike Adams? Like, oh yeah, like Lou Gregerson, he's like an all-time padre for me. Like Scott uh, Lime, Scott Limebring, Clay <laughs> Meredith, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, Aki. Uh, yeah, Aki. Yeah. I, I mean, like if I had more time, I would say more of them. But I feel like that's probably like one of the biggest differences for like for me in my childhood is I still know all, I still know like a good chunk of the team. But for for a long time, it was like, oh yeah, the bullpen guys. I don't know who they are. And now it's well, like, oh yes. You know, credit to on and we we've I've know this discussion's been going on Twitter, but Darren Balsley and the confidence I think that the front office has in bringing in guys that they like and knowing that when they bring them in here, that Darren Balsley's going to find a way to get the most out of them. I mean, it's just so time and time again off the scrap heap, relievers going from nothing to something in San Diego and then being, you know, most most often kind of traded for a lot more, but it's great. I mean, it's a, we've got a good thing going kind of over the years of really great relievers. Yeah, I mean I mean yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean it's crazy to think about just yeah, Hand, Yates, uh Pomeranz, those are all like legit guys. Um he turned yeah. Trevor Cahill, like I said, into a trade piece. Like that's I mean, yeah. I've I remember like there's a couple years ago, or maybe it was recent, more recent than that, and it was kind of like I think lots of people, lots of teams think, oh yeah, like and, and I've I've looked at other teams and like, oh yeah, once we get once we get this player in the in the, in the pitch with Dave Rigetti or with whoever their you know whoever the Pirates bullpen coach or you know the, the pitching coach was like they I think lots of people think they have a good pitching coach, um, and I and so it was kind of like how. How overhyped have we, you know, or how how much have we hyped out Darren Balsley? Is he actually really that good? And I think with this year especially, um, it's like really Kirby Yates, we got him for nothing. Brad Hand got him for nothing. Trevor Kale, basically nothing. And uh, German Sun. So good job, Darren Balsley. I know you're a big fan of the show. So there's a (laughs) shout out. There you go. All right. Keep it up. All right. um, Well, moving on from the the major league team, uh, last night. Uh, had a chance to go. I had a chance to go down to uh, San Antonio watch the missions game, and uh, uh, which I always like doing. Been down there a couple times. I, I try to go about once or twice a year. That, that, was, that was my second time down. Um, hoping to make it down for the playoffs. Um, my wife did ask me if this was the last time, and I said yes. So, oh no, I have to act. I might have to act surprised. Be like, oh, I forgot about the playoffs. Yeah, I, I definitely have to go down for that. Because um, it's not, it's just like a you know, tank of gas. It's not like it's you know, a whole lot to, of, of, a, of, a, of a, you know, expenditure for us to do sure. that. But um, anyways, it, it, was, it was a good time. Got to talk um, before the game. Talk to uh, Cal Quantrill and uh, Joey Lucchese. Uh, Lucchese. Lucchese. Um, I think did he correct? Did he correct you? Did he correct you when you I said asked him? I asked okay. him because I, I I said Luke KZ like with the Z, uh-huh. and it's and it's like KC, I like uh, yeah, so like Luke KC. Yeah. Um, man, I really like Joey Luke KC. He was he was he was a good dude. Um, I think at one point, like after I, it was like after we we're done recording the interview. Um, he was like, "Hey man, did I sound like too cocky?" And I was, and it was like he just like it was like a really genuine guy. Cal Con- Quantrill was cool too, but I, I really liked Luke Casey. He was a uh, he was a good dude and uh, talked about. Uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll need to I need to you know I actually I still need to finish transcribing my interviews from when I visited uh, like Lake Elsinore like a month ago. But um, I'll get to his faster because it was it was all I mean they're all good, but um. But I, he was—he uh, was like—he talked about you know just like being a student of the game, 
Um, and he was like pretty down to earth, and he, was, and he could just t- you could just tell. Obviously, at the highest level, they're all very committed to their craft, but uh, he just took it very seriously, and uh, but was also very cool about. It. So, uh, really cool. Yeah, guy one to of talk the one him. of the best. Oh, I was gonna say one of the best things about uh, following the minor leagues is when you get those those guys who, for whatever reason, are kind of your favorites because you know you've had experiences like you've had actually meeting a guy or whatever it might be, and you're just really rooting for them to to make it and it makes it it's a little bit different to and then once you see them get to the big leagues to to kind of feel like you're you followed along for a lot of the journey so it's yeah. great yeah i mean like that's i mean there might not be a bigger franchi cordero fan than me and that's that's why because i talked to him and yeah. uh and he was like oh yeah i you know i <laughs> he's like yeah when i played short stuff i was really bad uh yeah, he made like forty errors in like a half a season. <laughs> like, yeah, was, yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, and I kind of carried that in, into the batter's box with me. And now that I moved to outfield, you know, now things are a lot better, and I'm able to clear my head, and I'm I'm more focused. I'm also not like you know as you know. It's also just he's just made that transition from being in the Dominican Republic to being in you right. know like Fort Wayne, and you know like going through all that. So he's kind of adjusted, and now I mean like. There's plenty of guys that I've talked to that will probably not make the majors, but uh, it was really cool to see him do that at a young age. And so, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's cool. It's it's kind of like uh, when I was like in high school. Like if you even if you ask me now, I mean, it depends on who I you know how I judge you. If you say like who are my, who are your favorite bands, I'm like oh you know the Clash are good or like the Black Keys, you know the bands I like that are semi popular. But like at the heart, like most of my favorite bands are ones that like you've never heard of because right. I saw them play a show in like a friend's house or you know at a you know with like 20 other people and uh it's like a local band that had like one album and just stopped right <laughs> so it's like you know it's 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 just cool you get those you know relations you're like you know it's kind of like how you also just like padres that are not very good <laughs> oh <laughs> only, yeah i know about that that's like only it's like aside life. from like uh, it's like oh, it's like it's like oh, you think that you like potters that aren't good, so you're cool. I like guys who never made, even made the majors. <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. how exactly. that's how cool I am. Yeah, that's how much of a fan I am. So, right. um, but anyways, it was it was cool to talk to those two. Um, obviously, big prospects. Um, it was interesting, uh, kind of just hanging out in the press box beforehand. Got to talk to a few. Um, got to talk to, the, to one of the missions radio guys, who was really cool. Um, and uh, talked to talked to a scout from another National League team, and they, I, I was kind of just kind of eavesdropping because he was having a conversation. He, I guess he knew some of the other guys, and he was talking about. Um, he met, mentioned a, a couple of Padres. He mentioned uh, Framil Reyes, yeah. And everybody was like, "Oh yeah, man! Like Framil Reyes, he's been doing really good. Like, cause he's hit like I was like four or five home runs the last week or yeah, so. Yeah, he's gone off, yeah." And uh, he he been in a slump for a while because he started out the season pretty good, then kind of hit a hit a, about a month and a half of just kind of having a rough time. But he he's been mashing lately, and the guy was just not impressed. He was like, oh, you know, he doesn't move well in the outfield. He's right. got a bad body, which he's a huge dude. He is. Um, he's a monster. Big, he's a big yeah, big, big man. tall guy. Yeah. Um, but he, and he was he was kind of saying, oh, you know, uh, he. Uh, you know, all the pitches that he's hammered have all been hanging, hanging curveballs. Mm-hmm. But if you, you, but that is, he's saying that, you, that you're able to throw a fastball by him, and so yeah. that was kind of interesting. Just kind of see, obviously, um, you know, only watching him, you know, once in a while on MILB TV and looking at the box scores, and you know, doing your homework can only take you so far. Exactly. Which is not saying it's not nothing, and obviously he's paid to be a scout, <laughs> and I'm sure. just writing about this from my from my office 
in my house. So, yeah. uh, so it's it's cool to kind of get his take on that. Um, he was also really high, um, which I was surprised um, on Javier Guerra. Really, which, which like a lot of, I mean, um, you know, at one point he was the key piece to yeah. the Kimbrel trade, yep. and and it was like, oh, him and Margot kind of, you know, kind of close, and mostly Guerra because he's a shortstop, and that's what we need. And since then, like he's pretty much fallen off the face. Um, he's probably, I mean, I, th- I think if you were to do like a polling of people who follow the Padres minor leagues, they, I, I think all of them would have, um, you know, well, obviously Margo's already in the major souls of Swahe. I think they'd have Logan Allen, who was like the throw one above, um, right. who, who's actually been having a really, he's, yes. he's been having a really good season too. Um, not, not to bet yeah. on him, but I mean, I think that he's, I think that a getter has fallen all the way down from the, from the first to the last piece of that trade. Um, yeah. I, and Chad and I talked about last podcast um, how we I was I, I basically said it was a bad idea to send Garrett to to Double A unless you were moving Tatis right up to up to up to um, Lake Elsinore, um, which has not happened. So um, we'll talk we'll talk about that I guess uh, towards the end. But uh, um, so he he but he was still pretty high on him. He said that he you know, had good hands and and uh, Garrett had some good defense. Uh, made, made some good plays last night. Turned a smooth double play. Uh, made a made a good uh, you know a good stop to his left and made a good throw to first. So he's definitely got the glove. Um, the hitting was interesting to watch. He had he had a pretty good. Um, he's able to, to kind of uh, poke like like an inside pitch. Uh, he, he's a left handed batter and, and was able to to get it out over shortstop um, in the first inning. So that was kind of it was like a nice piece of hitting. It wasn't like a you know an easy pitch to hit. Uh, but then the next two at bats, he's I think he struck out on three pitches the first time. And then the next one, he was just swinging on some ugly pitches. Like I, I actually, um, the, I, I, I taped it. I, I didn't put it on Twitter yet. I was having a hard time putting it on the, on the site. But um, Austin Bowsfield was on first. He was stealing second, and the pitch that Guerra swung at, it, he looked so bad that I, I just kind of a, assumed or hoped that it was like he was trying to do like a hit and run. He's kind of like trying to protect the runner. Um, but then he did the same ugly swing the next pitch. Uh, on his, it looked like he got pretty fooled pretty badly on some breaking balls. Um, and then the next time up, he I think he, he made some good contact. It was a ground ball right at the shortstop, but it was it was at least a good swing. So um, I'm not really yeah. sure what to expect from from Guerra. I, I I've kind of written him off. I think most people have, but uh, he hasn't been he's has been doing all right uh, at Double A. So kind of you know, worth worth keeping an eye on. Um, uh, I was obviously a little sad because uh, uh, Luis Urias, uh, who's my who's my guy, um, he he's been out for the last week and a half, uh, but he did take batting practice yesterday, so that was good to see. Um, and he was kind of hanging on the dugout, so I think they said that he should be back in the next couple games. So maybe tomorrow, maybe by the time you listen to this, um, Luis Urias will be uh, hitting baseballs or or at least walking um, to first base because right. that's what he does a lot of. He does. Uh, so that was good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else uh, last night. Uh, I think probably the uh, the only thing that I was keeping an eye on was a uh, Josh Naylor. Been watching a lot of him, and uh, I don't. There's lot. There's like I feel like there's key things that I don't really like about Josh Naylor. I don't like that he doesn't hit for a lot of power, which yep. as a first baseman you need to do. And I think especially, um, I don't think he's like bad on defense, but I, I think I, I think he's a guy that you want to hit for power. He's not gonna. He's not. Uh, he's he's actually not as slow as you think. Looking at his body, um, but he's not—he's not a speedy guy by any stretch, um, and he just—he hits a ton of singles. He's—he's—I think he's a great—I think he's a great hitter. Um, 
because he he's able to take pitches and 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 go with them and 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 get on base, but um just the power just hasn't manifested itself yet. Yeah, he's still young. For, he's still young. Um, he's only he just barely turned twenty. So, um, you know, and he's a double A. So that's 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 pretty advanced. Um, and that's actually one thing um, that I talked with uh, Cal Quantrill about. He said that uh, um, I, I kind of talked to him about like the draft process and how the Padres became interested in him and what that was like. And he said that he um, that he preferred the Padres. And I was like, oh, well, why do you why do you prefer the Padres? Like, what's the you know, like what's the motivation between wanting to be on the Padres aside instead of some other team? And uh, he said that he liked how aggressive they are with promoting players. Mm. And so that's, that's something that I talk about. He said that, um, like, I don't know the exact quote, but he said basically that like, he's like, I don't want to be like in the AZL or the Midwest league with the one ERA. I want to get, I want to get pushed and pushed. Um, so that I, I can be better. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, him, Lauer, Lucchese, uh, even with, even with Naylor, yeah. they're being promoted pretty aggressively. And, yeah, uh, that's, I think for me it's a good. I mean, I, I prefer that. <laughs> I would like to have them. You know, I'm still waiting to see Tatis and uh, Baez get moved up from Single A to to High A, and and uh, I guess they did move Morahone recently up to Single A. So it's a lot of it's a lot of promotions. It's a, it's pretty aggressive, um, and that's that that that's good to see. And like I said, Naylor, uh, he's doing better than I thought. The power still hasn't been there um, as much, uh, but he's he's still hitting. And that's uh, that's good to see. So yeah, you know, I think it's with uh, with Naylor. The thing is, it's when you have that type of body. For one, he's limited to first, which means if you're going to play first base and be limited to first base, that you need to be you don't you can't just hit. You got to hit for power. And it was our problem when uh, when we had um, y- uh, Yonder Alonso, where. You know, now his power numbers with the A's, he's come alive. But uh. as a Padre, we were always kind of waiting for the <laughs> yeah. power to arrive. You know, he was hitting for average, he was getting on base, but he just the power numbers weren't there. And um, and he actually played a pretty good. You know, Yonder was a solid first baseman, but uh, with Josh Naylor, it just makes a slimmer margins. You know, and you, you'd hope to see he's young. Power is usually the last tool to arrive, but it makes it so he doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. He's really gotta. It's gotta happen if the power doesn't arrive. It's just not going to happen because you need it to yeah. be. He's not. He's going to be a below average, probably you know, fielding first baseman, even though he's a pretty good athlete. But it is what it is. And same thing with you know, you mentioned Franmil Reyes, and you know, you look at his box score. It's great, and I love that kid because he's a big kid and he just seems like a fun, a good dude. But he's so big and he's so limited on defense that you know you can't just be an average hitter. You gotta really like that's gotta carry you, and that the hit tool for yeah. both of them is what's gonna carry them. So it's gotta be really, it's gotta be above, you know, way above average with that kind of defense to to make it in the big. So, yeah, yeah. I, I I think I think probably two of like the weirdest plays I saw last night. There was one where, uh, I mean, and I, I don't, I, I I mean, I wanted to ask about it later, but uh, Ray is he stole third base, uh, and. The guy, like the, the catcher, threw the ball down to third base, and I'm pretty sure the third baseman caught the ball before Reyes had even gone into his slide. Like that's how far. <laughs> oh no! Like I've, like I don't think I've seen someone try to steal third base because it's harder to steal third, obviously, shorter throw. I don't think I've ever seen someone get thrown out that far at third base before. It was it. It was like did someone did someone miss a sign there or right? I, I don't know. 
Um, and then there was there was a play uh, where, and I, I taped it, but I, I didn't show. It was as a grounder to Guerra, and he he got, he made a really good stop on it. But I, I saw it because I was watching it with my eyes, but I kept my phone steady because I didn't want because as I moved it, it was it was getting all blurry and stuff. So I was trying to keep it focused on the field. Uh, but he made a throw to Naylor, and Naylor's like a short guy. He's like five ten, like. Like you look at him and you assume he's big because he's he's a hefty dude, but he's not right. that tall. Right. And I don't know. Like I'd be interested to know how many five ten first basemen there are. Right. Because he, uh, he he made the stretch. I mean, he was able to stay in the bag. It was it was it was a pretty impressive play, I guess. Uh, but it was also like 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 he he ended up after making the catch. He ended up like on the ground, like kind of rolling around. <laughs> Uh, because it was, because it was like it was, it was a hard, it, it was hard to stay out of balance because he had to reach for it so much. And but it was like, oh, I guess if you're, you know, four or five inches taller, that's probably a little easier play to make because, sure. you know, you're you got the longer wingspan or whatever. So, anyways, the probably the two uh, weirdest plays I saw was yeah, Reyes getting thrown out by a mile and Josh Naylor rolling around on the ground uh, after making a good catch and it, it was a good play it was yeah. a good play it was just a just just an interesting ending to it so there's always something and interesting in the minor leagues it's the truth yeah it's, i mean i i it's like it's it's i love peco park it's hard to go uh aside, i mean like from the parking to the prices uh like, like i said I'm, I'm a teacher so like my budget when we go to visit san diego is is just is minimal mm-hmm. so for me it's like oh yeah i sat like right behind home plate at the at a double a game i gotta watch a bunch of really exciting players uh and i we haven't even mentioned eric lauer he had a he got blown up his last couple starts he gave up seven runs um to in his last he gave up like 14 runs in his last two starts um, and this time he he had five walks. So that was kind of a little, little troubling, but he only gave up two hits, um, gave up no runs in five innings. So he was uh, kind of good to see him get back on track. Um, he, he started off really good, um, and it seems like him and Lucchese have kind of switched. Lucchese had a little bit of a rough start and has been improving, and Lauer had a really good start and has kind of had a hit a rough patch the last couple of starts. But good to see him get, get back on track. He was throwing about 92 uh, able to locate pretty well. It seemed like he's breaking pitches. Uh, he wasn't missing high like he was last couple of games, and he was getting burned for that. So it seemed like maybe he's being like a little more timid, trying to avoid that. You know, giving up a lot of hits, which which worked. He only gave up two. Um, he only went five innings, but I think it was only like eighty-two pitches or so. He was like low eighty, so probably could have gone more if if they had you know wanted to push him. But um, it was uh, yeah overall good time visiting missions. I always love doing that and. Uh, good experience and and obviously like i said good uh, good progress from those guys that were counting on to eventually be something for the padres so yeah yeah the thing the thing i the the one uh, worry i have not worry but the the thing you think about with someone like lauer and someone like lucchese is like you know these college guys that come in they're pretty advanced and they tend to move quickly and quantrill too but um, they tend to move quickly and put up pretty good numbers typically often because they're so advanced and they're kind of crafty and deceptive. And then double yeah. A is this really big litmus, litmus test for these guys because, you know, they're just better. Everyone's better there. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, through these kind of early struggles for both of them if they can um, make adjustments and, um, you know, putting up a little bit better strikeout numbers and just better numbers overall. So it'll be a good test and hopefully they get through it. I mean, this little side note. There's, um, if you know me at all, um, if you follow me on Twitter, last winter, 
uh, I love the Padres, and I, I just love baseball. I just, and I guess aside from loving baseball, I, I guess I've just grown to dislike the other sports. I'm like a grouchy old man. So I watch baseball year-round. I watch the Mexican Winter League uh, over, obviously over the winter. Yeah. And uh, one, of, one of the guys uh, on my team, uh, he got he got signed by the Red Sox, and he was one of the best pitchers in that league, but he's basically like, uh, like a spot starter, bullpen guy, you know, on in like the actual major leagues, but um, it's interesting to see like, you know, just how how different they are. It's like, oh wow, that guy's. You know, some people might be like, oh wow, that guy's. Do-, you know, Fran Tatis he's dominating in his league. You know, how close is he to being on the Padres? It's still a ways away. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Oh, they're, they're do- like, well, they're dominating in Double A. Eh, it's still a ways away. I've watched. I watched a bunch of Triple A games. The uh, the Rangers Triple A team is actually the closest one to me. Uh, I watch a couple games there's every year, and. Uh, even at AAA, like you, you think that they're so that they'd be pretty similar because, you know, a lot of times you get journeymen guys that are kind of just hanging out waiting for a call, um, or you get like you know top prospects that are moving through the, through the minors. There is still a big difference between yeah. AAA baseball and Major League baseball. There really is. There really like, is. Maybe I'm like maybe not so much with the Padres lately. <laughs> like that, they're actually kind of similar, I guess, if you think about it. Uh, but uh, you know, there's yeah, it's just it's it's uh, it's, it's a hard game to play. It is. And, uh, it is. It's fun to watch, though. So absolutely. Um, all right. Well, uh, so that kind of wraps up that. Um, kind of wanted to to talk to you a little bit about. Um, you know, you just started writing for us, and uh, we're really excited about some of the stuff that you're putting out. And you started a uh, um, kind of like a series called Something Rather Than Nothing. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically, I mean, something that's kind of, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but something that's caught my eye about the work that AJ Preller has been doing, and you know, there's plenty to be critical of him about, but one thing that I think is really interesting and stood out is kind of he's making several trades where he's first of all trading for guys and the lower minors that really don't have much of a track record and have a lot of upside. But secondly, there's been a few occasions where he's really traded guys who have almost no value and somehow gotten prospects that are, you know, maybe not top 30 guys with the Padres, but they're putting up good numbers and they're young enough that they could be something. And so I took a look at, um, the first article I did was about the Will Venable trade. And Will Venable, you know, longtime Padre. I think a lot of people had a soft spot for Will Venable. Um, but, you know, he was, I think... 30... So, sorry, so, no. side note. Yeah. I always hated Will Venable. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> In, well, I, I hated them until they got, like, all the new players. Like, they got, like, Matt Kemp and... Yeah. And uh, they got all, all, all the new guys after Padre. And I was like, well, hey, wait, wait a second. I, I like Venable now because <laughs> he's, like, the... Old guy, like yeah. I know him so much, right. I know him so well. Right. So I felt like I felt like an ungrateful Potter fan because I, I I spent like years being like, oh, Will Venable. Yeah. Well, he guy. was fr- he was frustrating though. He was because he had a lot of tools and he was a pretty talented guy, um, but he never seemed to really put it all together. But you know when the Padres, so when the Padres traded him, he was thirty two, I think, most positive thirty two, and he had two months left on his deal, and so they basically traded away two months of Will Venable, and he was terrible um, with the Rangers for this kid, Marcus Green Jr., a catcher for the Rangers. And it's it's interesting just because that's uh, obviously A.J. Preller's former organization. You have to think that he saw something in, in Green Jr. Um, when they traded for him because he was coming off of Tommy John. He was injured. He hadn't played in a while when they traded for him. Um, and he had a, a tough first year. Uh, with the organization, but this year he's he's finally putting it together. He's got a 
you know, 368 on base percentage. He's OPSing 848 at age 22 in Fort Wayne. It's a little bit old for the league, but I mean, he's producing and he's a catcher. And like we talked about with Austin Hedges, and I don't think obviously he's nowhere near the defensive catcher that Austin Hedges is, but getting offense from a position like catcher from a guy that can just field a position is is something. Catchers are hard to come by, so he's a guy at least to watch. Um, and if you traded two months of Will Venable for him, I mean, you'd do that in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I I think the the I don't know. I don't. I haven't asked this yet, but I, it seems to me like the something rather than nothing series. It's kind of like is. I mean, I started thinking about that because I was like, why didn't we trade Chassin? If you yeah. get anything for him, true, true. I'd, I'd rather have something for Chassin rather than nothing at the end of the season when he's a free agent. Absolutely, and that's the whole. You know, when in yeah, it's it's different too. I mean, when um, when the like for uh, Justin Upton. At least we got the, the comp pick for it, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But w- yeah, with with these guys, I mean, th- yeah, it's that. I mean, and who knows? Maybe they'll resign one of them. But yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's interesting because I think Preller even went out and said about not trading Chassin something to the effect of, you know, like we're at a point right now where we're not, we don't need to trade a guy for some, for for nothing, just about. Like it, it was interesting. I was surprised by his his response, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he's certainly he's made a habit of of getting something, like you said, for nothing. So the other one I looked at closely was, um, and I'll look at another one, but for Derek Norris, um, who do you remember how bad Derek Norris was last year? I, I'm cheating because I, I saw because I, I read your piece already. <laughs> so uh, and I guess I guess in my head, like I knew that it wasn't good. Yeah, I knew that we were like, yeah, let's get rid of Norris because it's just frustrating to watch him. But it it was a lot worse than I thought. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, the trade deadline comes last year. He's had a really bad first half of the season. They look to trade him. They can't find a suitor for him, which makes sense. He was terrible. And so they yeah. basically hold on to him. And I guess there's a hope, though, that who knows, maybe he'll put in a good second half. And the exact opposite happened. His numbers, I couldn't believe reviewing them, just looking at the second half numbers for Derek Norris, how bad it was. He hit 144. On base percentage of 226 and a slugging of 206, which means his, he was OPSing 432 and he was striking out in 36 percent of his of his at bats. So it's like shocking. I mean, that is unbelievable. Um, but they they trade him, so the end of the year comes. Even with these numbers, uh, they ship him away to the Nationals in the off season. I don't know how or why. Um, I think a lot of Padre fans were wondering if we were even just going to cut bait and, and cut Derek Norris. But they make a trade. They get a 20, uh, at the time, 19-year-old pitcher named Pedro Avila, um, who had put up really good numbers in the Dominican Summer League. And then in his second year, we started at full season ball. He struggled. A lot of walks. He's a smaller kid. It's only 5'11 and 170. It's really small for a, pretty small for a starting pitcher. You just don't see many guys under six feet. Um, but this year they started him off at Lake Elsinore. He struggled again. And then in the past few months, he got demoted back down to Fort Wayne and something interesting has begun to happen, I guess, because he's always put up good strikeout numbers, but his walks were out of control. And all of a sudden he's, he seems to have gained a lot of command. And in his last five starts, he's been just fantastic. He's got 32.2 innings, ERA of 1.1, a whip under one, 0.92. He's striking out. 31.3% of batters and 
only walking 3.1%. So he misses bats, and he's still at 20. He's certainly not old for uh, the Midwest League, and he's putting up solid numbers. He's kind of been overshadowed, rightfully so, by all the other young arms in the system, but he's someone to at least keep an eye on. And if you got him for Derek Norris, who never played a game for the Nationals and is now out of baseball after being cut by the Rays, I mean, you'll take that any day of the week. So it's good to see. Yeah, I, I think I think that's definitely. Uh, I, I think it remains to be seen uh, if you know how proficient AJ Preller is at making him like making a major league roster. Yeah, uh, but he can definitely stock the minors with talent. So that's uh, you know obviously ideally that translates to making a good major league team. Right. Uh, so we'll see we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, there's def- there's never a dull moment in the minors. No, there's always something. There's always. I feel like even when it's like, oh man, Jacob Nix got blown up today, or. Luis Urias hasn't gotten like an extra base hit for a month. Right. Um, there's always someone else that's like, you know, that's picking it up. And then when they slump, then it's like, oh, hey, look, Luis Urias is doing really well. So, you know, exactly. Again. Yep. Did That's I right. mention that I love Luis Urias? Did I already say that? I do. As well just... you should. As well you should. <laughs> yeah. And, and that actually, I mean, that kind of segues nicely into the, the, the last guy I wanted to talk about today was, I mean, I feel like it's getting repetitive at this point for anyone to be talking about prospects or talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. But, you know, he's another guy that we, you know, it's a interesting trade for, for Shields to go, it's a, you know, one for one deal for a kid who hadn't played a single well, professional no, game. It, it wasn't one for one because they, they also oh, got... Oh, that's right. Um, you're right. You're right. They got Eric the, Johnson, right? You're right. Yeah. Who is, I, I think he's on the, I, is he on the Padres still? Is he, is he in the is organization? He injured now? Who... He might be. Who knows? Who Fair knows? Enough. Who but, cares? I don't know. Yeah, I think but he, but I think he was obviously – yeah, he was definitely not the – I mean, it seems like Tatis was, again, the guy that they were featuring in the deal. And to make that trade, I think a lot of people at the time were scratching their heads over it a little bit because, you know, it just seemed like, oh, that's it, huh? But, man, if you look at – Well, I mean, and, and it, sorry, and especially because at the time it was like, well, you want to get rid of Shields because it's salary. Yes. The salary costs so much. And they still paid a bunch of it. I mean, not like not all of it, obviously. No, but they, but they paid, paid a fair, yeah, fair amount for sure. Yeah, so I mean, so for I, yeah, I was scratching my head. I was like, wait a second. I thought we dumped Shields to get rid of his salary, but it seems like we're still paying him a lot of money. And we got Eric Johnson, who I knew was not going to be good, and Fernando right. Tatis, who I just knew was like really young. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you know, coming into obviously, it was it was kind of a case where as soon as he got to the Padres. Scouts were kind of whispering and murmuring about the potential that he had, which is a good place to start. Um, and then he had a, a really good year, you know, solid year last year where he caught a lot of people's eyes. Um, and so he was one to watch. And this year, it's been just amazing what he's been doing as an 18 year old in the Midwest League, where the average age of the players is about 21. He's about three years younger. On average, the you know most players, um, the numbers that he's been able to put up are amazing, and I think um, I've been putting this on Twitter all over the place, but I just can't get over it. That his strikeout rate month by month from April to July has gone down every month. So from twenty in April, twenty nine point three percent strikeout rate in July, it's now down to twenty one point one. His walk rate has gone up from ten point one percent in April to sixteen point seven percent in July. And you know, for a kid, eighteen years old, playing in that league, it's 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 really great to see that you know, kind of what the scout saw in him is shown mm-hmm. to us in production. It's great. 
yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's definitely encouraging to see. Um, I, th- I think, I, I think you, when you see, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's really easy to do the, the younger that they are to be like, oh, hey, this is who they are. This is what they do. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, that's not how anybody is. Everybody can change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. So, so the fact that he's uh, that he's putting that work and improving uh, in those areas is, is awesome. Uh, it's not not quite on the same page, and I know I'm kind of going off book again. But uh, talking with Kyle Quantrill yesterday, um, he mentioned like I, I, I kind of asked, I was like, "Hey, you know, uh, so what are some things you can work on?" Because he has struggled, he hasn't done well, and um, I mean for this year, I mean he, right. he's made some good progress. I mean he, he's still recovering from time and time. We, we talked about that, but um, what he said, what, uh, part of what he said to me, I'm kind of paraphrasing again, uh, was just, you know. There are things that I'm working on, so there are times when I say I want to throw this, I want to do this, but I talk with my coach, and I talk with the, you know Trevor Hoffman and Steve Finley were there last night, um, and he's like I talk with them, and, and we're working on this right now. So even though it's not comfortable for me, and even though it might not give me the results that I want, I'm trying this because that's what's going to eventually going to help me in the majors. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes you know we're saying, oh hey, look, the box score is not great. Or you know, I saw this, and this is why you know this is this is not good. Um, there are things that they're, that, they're, that they're practicing on. So whether it's a pitcher that's you know trying to work on on working on those secondary pitches, uh, or it's a hitter that's trying to work on uh, you know on defining the zone, making sure that they're swinging on on, on pitches that they're looking for. Uh, you know, there's always a progression, and uh, it's yeah with Tatis, man, it, it is. It's great, and actually, I keep on. I it was just funny to me, like you know, while I'm sitting in the press box at at uh, in San Antonio, um, the guys that I'm sitting next to, the, you know, they're all in their you know 40s and 50s, and they're they, they, the guy. One guy took out his phone and was like, "Hey guys, watch this play that Fernando Tatis just made." Like they're all excited about it, and it was <laughs> they're like, so um, when's he coming up here? Like, right. do you think maybe by yeah. the end of next year? And I was like, I, I hope so. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, uh, he's still in single A, so thinking about double A is kind of a step up. But uh, they, you know, everyone, if you're not excited if, about Fernando Tatis Jr., I don't know what to tell because um, uh, sorry, you have other numbers to show because it's not just that he's he's been improving. All, so I'm, I'm going to stop talking. And let you keep going. No, you're fine. I mean, I that's I'm with you all the way. I mean, basically, what I'll end with on him is is you know when you look at a prospect and you know we you follow him and there's plenty of guys you, you get a lot of guys who their production looks great and for whatever reason the scouts are like he's just not a prospect though or he's limited. Um, and then you got guys that are the opposite, where scouts are like, "Hey, I really like his tools, but the production's just not there." And it's this rare occasion where the production's there, the scouts love him, he's getting better, and the numbers he's put up in July for Fernando Tatis Jr. are just insane. He's uh, hit two ninety five for the month, four twelve on base percentage, slugging was six forty two, so his OPS is over a thousand, you know, one point oh five four. Um, it's just ridiculous. I think he hit, you know, he's up to 17 home runs. He's got 27 stolen bases. Um, from all accounts, he's playing a, you know, it looks like he's going to stick it short. Um, it's just, I, I don't remember the last time, and I'm trying not to be hyperbolic here, but I just don't remember the last time the Padres have had a kid that has you know, kind of even exceeded high expectations as much as Tatis has. So, you know, as a Padre fan, I'm naturally... Uh, nervous still because it never seems to work out but it's just hard not to get completely excited about this kid and for me 
he's the he's the number one prospect the Padres have, um, just because of all those things I just mentioned. But we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, we've you know uh, it's been a lonely place, shortstop <laughs> for the Padres. Yeah. It's been an empty, lonely place for a long time, and uh, it's just exciting to have a kid in the organization like this. And uh, I think I'm wondering what you think about um, when we'll see him move a level and where you know. Uh, if that's going to happen this year, if they're going to just hold him in Fort Wayne until the end of the year. Um, well, at the you know when we started the site and started the podcast, I said that I think that, that he should be there the whole year, um, and I, I would have said that um, probably Jorge Onya, uh, who's a little bit older, um, yeah. and it was and at the time was uh, showing more contact skills, more on base skills. It was doesn't have the yeah, he, I think he has the power potential, but Tatis has been kind of producing more power than he has. I thought Onya would be moved at first, yeah. um, and I was like, oh, I'm like, unless Tatis like goes crazy and like just can't be held down. And I think that July that's that's approaching crazy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, it seems weird that they would keep him. In, uh, I mean, and and like I said, um, the Potters have been aggressive. Um, they have. So I, I, I would have. I would have. I, I would have. I would probably still have Naylor at single A. Um, I would probably. Uh, well, I, I think Morahone. I, I think I, I like him at at, at single A, um, but I I think, yeah. I mean, I think that you should. I I would be it'd be surprised me if he finished the year in single A. I mean, I guess it wouldn't shock me. Just but he's just been playing so well. Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't want to at least give him a taste. I think probably the um, the only. I mean, maybe they would look like at the playoffs. As yeah, a, I think that's what a, as like at. a reason to keep him there. Yeah, I um, I think I get the sense that since I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Lake Elsinore is totally out of the the playoff picture. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive. And which means, I, and I think what we've seen in the past, like, uh, is that they they kind of like to create these groups, and you saw it with Lauer and Lucchese and um, Quantro, where they kind of move them as a group, even if yeah. they all didn't seem ready. Because I think there is some there's something to that kind of creating this core these groups. Of players that play together and win together, and I'm these wondering waves if, of talent. Exactly, yeah, these waves of talent, and I'm wondering if if they're not just holding them down in Fort Wayne to give them that kind of playoff experience together. Even though someone like Michelle Baez, obviously of all the people on the in the Padres organization, probably deserves a promotion more than anyone, but they seem to be yeah. keeping them down. Maybe for that reason, is just to have them be a like you said a wave or a, a core group together, who's kind of just played alongside one another and, and maybe that's their motivation because they're playing well enough to, to earn promotion certainly yeah yeah I don't know it'll be interesting to see um, I, I know that from like a from like a content perspective that's what I want <laughs> yeah I, me ditto, I want to I, I, I write that piece <laughs> absolutely <laughs> like I think that was I think that's kind of motivates me now more I'm like they didn't make any trades at all I've been waiting around forever <laughs> I know <laughs> to start typing something and I had to write a post called nothing happened <laughs> so, <laughs> yep yeah so yeah, all right, man. Well, it uh, was. Uh, see, I, I think before we go, uh, we talked. Um, this is not on the agenda, but we, uh, we talked a little bit about two former Padres, uh, Will Venable, who brought us Margus Green Jr., yeah. and uh, Steve Finley, who I saw last night at the Storm game, or sorry, yeah. at, the, at the at the missions game. So I'm gonna go ahead and play a game with you. Yes, I'm telling you right now. Oh, the, this game is called Finley or Venable. So oh, I have okay. here in front of me. So so don't cheat. Okay. Um, well. The Padres all time totals. So oh. stats. Oh, this is gonna be interesting. All right. <laughs> um, so 
All I want you to tell me is, I'm, I'm going to give you the category, like the stat, and I want you to tell me who has more or who okay. has a higher, you know, stat, whether it's okay. on base percentage or more home runs. Okay. Who has more, Will Venable or uh, Steve Finley? Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll start. We'll start off with I think, which I think should be a little bit easier, but maybe not. Uh, games. Who has played more games, Will Venable or Steve Finley? See, I actually, I mean, I think that's. Uh... It's actually kind of tough because Will Venable was a Padre for a fairly long time, right? He was. This is actually not a. This one is not a close category. Okay, then I'm going to say Venable, right? Yes. Venable had 918 games, and Steve Finley had 602. Wow, 300 more games. So about 300 more games. So yeah, so you got one point. Good job. Okay. All right. uh, Next runs. Well, I'm going to assume a lot of the counting stats. Then I mean. I think Finley played on much better teams, but I'm going to say probably just because he's been there longer than Venable. It's got to be Venable again, right? You are incorrect. Oh, see, that's so surprising. I mean, 300 less it, games and he's got more runs? Oh. Yeah. So, oh. I, the, actually, while you were talking, I was going through I'm like, oh, this is actually this will actually work. So, Steve Finley has 423 runs, Will Venable, and that's good for 11th all-time. Sorry, 10th all-time for the Padres. Okay. Okay. Uh, and Will Venable is thirteenth all time with three hundred and seventy. Wow! So that's saying that's more. saying something, huh? Well, Petco yeah. too. I guess maybe Petco's a factor in that. Perhaps. Maybe. I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, but I, I guess they're both top of the order guys. I think Will Venable maybe more so, but yeah. I guess I guess you got to have people drive you in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, to get a run. exactly. Yeah. Will, <laughs> yeah. Will Venable's been on some bad teams, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Next category: hits. Ah, oh, see, I mean, again, it's got. I would think that three hundred more games that it would have to be Venable. Is it, it not? Is. So? Okay, all right. It is. All right. Will Venable is thirteenth all time, which I think is just kind of a sad stat. No, that's completely. Like. That's yeah, that prestigious <laughs> list. That yeah. Will Venable is thirteenth on the. So uh, he, yeah, he is right behind. He's twelfth. Uh, is a Benito Santiago. And fourteenth uh, is Bip Roberts, but Will Venable is thirteenth with six hundred and ninety-four, and Steve Finley is sixteenth with six hundred and sixty-two. So okay, uh, well, that's, only pretty, thirty. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. All right, uh, doubles, Venable or Finley? Hmm, they both could move. Um, I'm gonna say Finley here. Good job, Finley. Oh. Uh, Finley is eleventh all time with one hundred thirty-four. Venable is 16th okay. with 114. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll keep moving along. Triples. I'll say Venable here. I feel like Venable had a lot of triples in his career. Venable had – he is third all-time. Okay. Um, and I haven't said this yet, but um, you can we can probably guess who first all-time for basically all these stats are besides yeah, home runs. The, Mr. Just Padre. Just, yeah, it's Mr. Yeah. Padre. We know who it is. Yeah. Uh, so Will <laughs> Venable is uh, – he's third uh, okay. behind Gwyn and uh, and uh, Gene Richards, okay. in case you're wondering. Yeah. Um, he has 39 triples. Okay. And Steve Finley is seventh. But Luis Perdomo uh, Luis Perdomo is coming up. He's coming up on that list. Uh, let's see. Is Perdomo <laughs> on the list? No, it only no. goes down. No. The first page he's only goes down to nine. Yeah, he's but hit three. He's though. getting close. He's hit three this year. Yeah. So yeah, he he could appear on this list next. You know, two years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Home runs. Ah. Uh, um. I got Finley. It's got to be Finley. Finley is third, tied for thirteenth all time. He has eighty-two. 
Venable is 15th. He has 81. Oh, wow. So they are almost identical. Good job. Yeah, barely. Got through it. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's see. We'll jump to some interesting ones. Uh, Strikeouts. Uh, Venable. Yeah, actually, I don't even know why I said that one. That that shouldn't be. That's not interesting at all. <laughs> uh, st- yeah, I mean, he has three hundred more games, so he is right. Venable is actually third all time wow. in strikeouts. That's seven hundred and twenty-two. Do you know who? Can you guess who first or second is? Ooh, hmm. Someone who played for a uh, long time, but um, what one's from the Petco era and one is from the from. Uh, the seventies. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like Klesko or Nevin. I don't know if they played long enough though. Uh, Nevin's fifth. Okay. Klesko's twelfth. Okay, so that's not. I'm not too disappointed in that answer. Um, yeah. I don't know who number who struck out a lot. You know, I don't know uh, who is it. That's all right. N- number one is Chase Headley. Oh. Yeah, I should. And uh, number two is Nate Colbert. Okay. All right, uh, we'll do uh, we'll do two more of these. Okay. All right. Um, average. Uh, Finley's got to have a higher average. Yeah, yeah. Two seventy six. That's good for eleventh all time, and uh, Venable's twenty fourth all time with a two fifty two average. Oh, that's so. amazing though. Twenty fourth. That's good for twenty fourth, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> unfortunately. All right. Uh, let's see. Last one. Stolen bases. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I'm gonna say Will Will there because more games and he was he was the king of the delayed steal. I don't know if you remember that, but he was the king of yeah the, yeah he yeah. was. Uh, he you're correct. He is eighth all time. All right. Uh, he has 130 steals. It's a good game. And, it's a good game. Yeah. Finley or Venable, and, I like it. Yeah, Finley was 80. Uh, he is a 16th. He had 85. He was uh, right behind Kilvio Veras and right oh, in front cute. of right in front of Cameron Mabin. So Cameron Mabin, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. yeah. Look at him showing up. That's good. To, good to see. Oh, All right, man. Congratulations. I I think you won. Thank I, hey, I what, who... What's the prize? I <laughs> uh, will we'll keep you. We'll I get, keep oh, you. Thank you so much. You, you, you come back for for uh, for another. For, uh, I have to think of something we'll, else. We'll have to have a game at every time to see if I can stick around. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing you didn't lose, or else uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't want to tell you what happened. It been rough. All right, man. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Uh, anything you want to plug? I guess you, you got your, you got your. Uh, you're going to finish up with the uh, selling better than nothing. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, going to look that at, up. Yeah, going to look at Hansel Rodriguez, and I might. I don't know. See, I mean, I think Tatis applies. Um, he definitely. I mean, I think in a way, but maybe, maybe not. But I might throw him in there. But for sure, we'll look at Hansel Rodriguez, uh, pitchers now in Fort Wayne, who just converted from. Starter to reliever and is putting up good numbers for the first time in his career, really. So, be the next one. Other than that, I'm not sure what's next. But what about you? What do you got coming? Um, I, I got I got to transcribe uh, an Austin Allen that interview sounds fun. and yeah, <laughs> and uh, some uh, the Quantrill and Lucchese ones we'll have to do. Um, I think uh, other than that, just trying to get out the you know the the scoop, the morning report, kind of saying what's going on. That's one thing I've been focusing on, trying to. Make sure that's uh, up to date. People can figure out what's going on in in uh, you know in a, in an interesting way. Maybe yeah. not that, not that, so that's not just a bunch of stats, but kind of gives you a little bit of context to what's happening. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's probably it. So uh, so be looking out. I, I was I was 
I had planned on this week just being trade stuff. <laughs> Be yeah. like, all right, I can start digging up all right. these random guys that brother's going to find. And then it's right. like, oh, uh, okay, all right. Well, how many pieces should we write about Estuary Rodriguez? <laughs> or Estuary right. Ruiz, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but, but uh, keep it tuned in. We'll, we'll, we'll find, uh, we'll find something to write about and it'll be good. Yeah, you should, you should really read it. Yeah. For those people listening. Uh, please do. Um, cause like I said, the, like I said, there's always gonna, there's always, you know, um, I've been doing like the, the, on, on Twitter, been doing like the everyday putting who's the starting pitching. Yeah. Uh, that's for, been for great the day. by the way. Yeah. Like, I, the little and, emojis going, the icons, whatever. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of good feedback from that. Uh, but it's like every day it's like, oh man, this guy's pitching today. That's awesome. Oh. I want to check that out. It's an exciting just, time. It's in every single, yeah. every single night that, I mean, I mean this genuinely every single night there's an arm that's exciting going in the Padres organization every night. Yeah. So yeah. it's a good time. And every day, every day there's something to read on Padres Respectus. Uh, so check it out. And um, anyways, yeah, just uh, if you want to uh, want to follow us on Twitter, that's a Pods Perspectus. Um, I'm uh, Marcus SDTX, as in San Diego, Texas. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Where are you at? Gosh, on, what is this? Is this is embarrassing? It's either I think it's at Ryan Luz, yeah, just at Ryan Luz, R Y A N L U Z. That's where you'll find me. All right. Uh, well, until next time, uh, we'll talk to you later. Go Padres. Go Padres.